Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. Ah, finally a happy hour that is happy. Yay! It's, it feels like Justice is Coming Week. Or is it just me? It's tantrically coming. Coming. Yes. What? Huh. Okay, we have... <laughs> it's circling the nipple. We have a double header. <laughs> Sounds dirty, too. Eric's, Representative Eric Swalwell... Alpha liberal and Allison Gill from Mueller, she yes. wrote, uh, and they are both uh, alpha liberals mm-hmm. and a very, uh, you know, I I think we are feeling really, really confident. It's yes. not just A.G. Garland saying, yes, we will, but, you know, the, in the news that Trump is, I don't even know what do you want to call it, under investigation, but this is obviously going all the way to the top. Yes. Right? Glenn Kirshner said, yes, he is confident we are going to see indictments soon of going all the way up to the yep. top, including Trump. So I I got to say, and we, we told uh, Eric Swalwell that... Alpha liberal is right. He needs to teach other Democrats how to punch and counterpunch like That's he right. does. Fantastic. Exactly. Allison Gill is my right. She just holds me back by the shirt when I'm Veruca Salting. <laughs> yes. About she January sixth. Just hold. Hold. I told you. Just gosh. Yeah. I will always be the one in Braveheart that goes first and gets everyone killed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm John Belushi. I know I'm mixing two movies, but I'm like, let's go! And then I rush, and then everybody else gets You're killed. You're mixing more than two movies. Yeah, it's Animal House meets Braveheart, and I'm the asshole. Okay, listen, just this is and a you're highly. Louise. This is a highly. <laughs> driving us all off a cliff. Uh-huh. Okay, but it's a happy, happy, happy hour. Enjoy Eric Swalwell and Allison Gill. Well, you know I'm a healthy eater, and eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today. Get after your goals. Two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factors' restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes, smoothies. Discover a wide variety of easy options. 
options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. There's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat. No prepping, cooking, or cleanup is needed. Flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. Head on over to factormeals.com slash liberal50 and use that code liberal50 to get 50% off. Once again, the code liberal50 at factormeals.com slash liberal50 for 50% off. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. She's here. Hooray. Why don't we have a jingle? Oh, let's just make one up. Okay. She's A.G. from Muller, she wrote. That's awful. Hi, Allison Gill. <laughs> I'm not going to torture you with my singing. <laughs> Do you Hello. Mother, my jingle. Do you think they broke the law? It's time to play Sketch or Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, you were in the room where it happened. Uh, we could play that, I suppose. She's always in the room where it happens because she's Allison Gill. Yes. She wrote, and Daily Beans. Hello. Oh, that's not it. What? No. Oh. Hello. Hi, A.G. Oh, it got moved. Hello. We're super tired. We've had a very social week, haven't we? You and I, were uh, we were embracing heroes on opposite coasts. You did a picture yes. with Eugene Goodman, and I had a picture with Malcolm Nance because you were supposed to be at this party, but you got a ticket so you could be, you know, in the room where it... No one else was in the room where it happened. A lot of people in the room. Happened. Allison was in the room. Okay. I think you were the first one to tweet, oh my God, the room just erupted in laughter with the Josh Hawley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I have to say, I, you know, I've been to a few of these hearings. And, there, and one of the cool things about being in the room where it happens is you get to see and hear the reaction from the Galleria uh, you know, as it happens. There's gasps and, yeah. and uh, the, uh, the emotion when they show the violence on, on the screen. They show videos of the violence. Or when Shea Moss and Ruby Freeman were testifying, um, and and it's really it's just heart wrenching. But I had never, I hadn't seen in, in uh, you know the the hearings that I had participated in the kind of reaction we got from from Holly. And it, it wasn't just the run; it was that they juxtaposed it to his fist pump, yeah. and then played a slow mo replay of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the whole room just burst out in laughter. And those are like. 50-foot ceilings, and it just echoed throughout the entire hall. And it was like, you know, and and the fact that Liz Cheney opened up by saying, you know, back in 1918, this is where the suffrage women's movement met to discuss getting the the right to vote, securing the right to vote for women. And I just felt so incredibly moved by that. And then to have that that moment of levity um, that will never, he will never be able to run away from it. Yeah, (laughs) so to speak. Um, Yeah. Well, so, <laughs> excuse me, what else? So, uh, yeah, you were, um, you said uh, you're betting the running ghost of Holly will haunt the halls of Congress 100 years from now. I think that's, yeah. he looked a little like an apparition, like a really wussy apparition, didn't he? He looked like Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> that's a skedaddle. Yeah. So, uh, legal, uh, legally, what would you say were the most was the most compelling? Um, probably how the inaction 
of Donald, uh, and, and Hugo Lowell wrote about this yeah. uh, for The Guardian, how that also implicates him, because he, he acted and to, to whip up the, the crowd, ignite them, send them to the Capitol, and then stood by and did nothing until until well after. And I think that, the, uh, you know, I know Zoe Lofgren was sort of downplaying the, you know, how the outtakes of that video where he didn't want to say, you know, the election is over or we lost the election. Um, and, and that just goes right to his state of mind. And we need that kind of state of mind evidence, right, when we're putting together a total case. We, like I work at the Department of Justice, but you know what I mean. Yeah. No. Well, you always, you calm me down. You said people will try to downplay the Bannon verdict because they don't want Garland to succeed. Ignore them. This verdict is critically important to the rule of law and a huge win for justice. Um, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. It just, you know, we just had Glenn Kirshner on earlier, your, your beloved and mine, our shared superhero. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, uh-huh. You know, he's impatient, as you probably know, with DOJ, as, as a lot of us are. We were at this, you know, the Adam Schiff comedy night last night, and Adam Schiff has been, as has Liz Cheney, been openly, I don't know, what the, what's the word you'd use, impatient, pressuring the Justice Department. I think that's fine, though, right? I think it it's is. fine for them to yeah. be outspoken about that. Yeah, I mean, as long as we're not op- openly bashing or, or spreading disinformation about the Justice Department, um, you know, some some large accounts going so far as to say they're in Trump's pocket or, you know, uh, things like that. But, yeah, I mean, we do need this. We need it quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, that this is this is the biggest investigation in the history of the Justice Department. And that was some language that changed between the last two Merrick Garland statements because he said one of the biggest. Now he's saying it's the biggest. Yeah. And and I think they have some really great prosecutors, it's not Garland running this whole show. It's it's Matthew Graves and his team. And Matthew Graves was able to come in after Mike Sherwin, a Trump appointee, nearly killed the seditious conspiracy case by talking about it openly. And he was going to be sanctioned, but was, you know, resigned before that happened. And he didn't want to execute search warrants on Stuart Rhodes and. He was doing his best to, to sabotage that case and and for Matthew Graves to come in and be able to button it up and to get Merrick Garland to sign off on seditious conspiracy charges, which is like the granddaddy of all charges next to treason, I think kind of shows that they're in it uh, to win it, so to speak, and that they have the, the gravitas, the intestinal fortitude to charge something like that. Because I was I kept telling everyone, chill on the seditious conspiracy stuff. It's going to be obstructing an official proceeding probably. But then they came out swinging. And so I'm I'm excited about that. But it is taking a long time. And I understand the frustration, particularly in the face of what we've had the last five years and what Barr did to the Mueller report. We didn't even get an impeachment out of that because of the spin and and, yeah. uh, and the controversy. And he, I guess he didn't have enough pizzazz when he was on TV. Yeah. Uh, testifying. Well, that's, what, that's what I said about Merrick Garland. If he sounded like Mr. T, people would be... <laughs> Right. <laughs> it's the way he and Mueller sound. Right. Very... Pity the interactionist. Right. <laughs> we had Ellie Mistal yeah. and his monster truck yes. If boys. he had a giant gold medallion, I would feel better if he came out. And uh, Yeah, but it's just very <laughs> soft-spoken. Um, but you, you quoted Cheney. Liz Cheney is saying the dam has begun to break. Our committee will spend August looking through evidence on multiple fronts. So the fact that that was the first announcement is this is ongoing and they'll be back in September um, it, I, I would lend, lend screens to that, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It does, and I love that because the closer to the election these hearings get, the happier I am. Right. And uh, although it could push back indictments a little bit because yeah. the Department of Justice needs those transcripts 
not because they don't want to do the interviews themselves, but because they have to look for consistencies between the con- congressional interviews and their interviews. Think about the Sussman. Remember the Durham-Sussman case, how yeah. Peter Baker said one thing to the OIG, another thing to Congress, and a third thing to to the Department of Justice? Yeah. And because of that inconsistent testimony, he wasn't lying. It was just, you know, to witness testimony can be inconsistent. That was one of the things that blew the case for him yeah. because that was a star witness. So they, they, they really need to get those transcripts. Uh, and, and that might push that back a little bit because they're going to have more interviews and more transcripts that the Department of Justice is going to probably need. Maybe not. But, you know, because a lot of this stuff is pretty strong. These are strong cases on their face. I honestly, yeah. I honestly think. Yeah. I saved all the Secret Service stuff for you because I want to know. <laughs> So you retweeted Frank Fluguzzi, our other shared superhero, mm-hmm. who said yes. uh, metadata shows 10 of the 24 Secret Service personnel did have texts around January 6th that were not retained. And you said the DHSOIG, the one who waited months to go to Congress, triggering two whistleblowers, has now halted the probe that was getting the metadata. Um, so talk to us about I, I, because now Malcolm Nance was just on last week. He said they're going to get those texts. But, you know, I think Glenn Kirshner this morning, not so sure. Because, you know, this is the group that, that knows how to do that. So I, presumably they would also know how to make them disappear. What do you think? Well, they clearly did. Um, and, I mean, they have to do a lot of work to make these disappear. Uh, and they did that. It seems like they did that work. I don't trust this this OIG, this Kufari. He's a Trump appointee. He is the one who quashed the investigation into the um, Secret Service attacks with rubber bullets and, and tear gas at Lafayette Square mm-hmm. in the in the wake of the George Floyd murder. Uh, I don't like him. And, and it seemed like the Secret Service was getting somewhere with that metadata yeah. and, and yeah. those 10 individuals um, and 24, the, the original 24, whom include people like Ornato and Engel. Um, <clears throat> and then he comes in, this OIG who sat on this information since February and didn't tell Congress, comes in and tells the Secret Service to stop their investigation because he's doing a criminal probe. And I've, you know, I've been asking one thing I don't know and, and one thing I want to find out is when the Office of Inspector General does a criminal investigation, there there probably is some oversight from the Department of Justice because the OIG can't charge anyone. Right. Uh, and so I want to know sort of what that process is. Does declaring a criminal investigation by an Office of Inspector General bring in the Department of Justice for some oversight? Because I, I would really like to see that kind of the same way. I'm looking forward to seeing what the Department of Justice oversight in Uvalde has to say versus their Republican yeah. congressional committee. Well, and also, you know, I was saying to Glenn, the same thing you're pointing out on Twitter, that the Secret Service hiring outside counsel mm-hmm. also right away makes you go, oh. And you said, look who Secret Service agent's attorney is, bar-appointed Terwiller. Uh, Terwilliger? Terwilliger. Terwilliger. To U.S. Attorney for EDVA, the district that handled Manafort, among others, his father, George Terwilliger, uh, is yes. representing Mark <laughs> Meadows. So, I mean, this all just stinks to high heaven, doesn't it? It is. Now, George Terwilliger, I've, I've got a little, I don't think he's one of the many Trump-paid attorneys representing January 6th defendants. Um, he, he has said, look, I'm not... Sidney Powell. I am not Lynn Wood. I am not Rudy Giuliani. I am George Terwilliger the Third. You know, <laughs> and so he's he's a he's not a hero, but he's not over on I guess quote unquote team crazy either. So we'll see what happens. Right. Here's my favorite from your trip to D.C. You said the Supreme Court building is the new Trump Hotel. Everyone stops oh. to flip it off. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sad. You think true. about it, right? It is sad, mm-hmm. but true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was there. I, I you know, was sitting outside waiting for um, Officer Dunn um, to come in. And he, I, I got to a little tour of the Capitol that day. Um, and the Supreme Court building's right there on, on uh, facing the east side of the Capitol. And it's huge, all fenced off right now. And everybody who walked by, there were just people walking by, flipping it off, taking photos, just like they used to down at the old yeah. DC International Hotel. That was that was a, that was a stop I yeah. would make. You would so you would take a picture of yourself flipping off a Trump building, right? right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What was it? I just have to quick, and we're going to come back after the break. You have great uh, advice for Democrats for 2022. But what was it like to be in the room with Harry Dunn and Eugene Goodman and all the you know the people you know watching this? That's who my who I kept thinking of and who I kept looking at, having to sort of relive these traumatic events. Um, you know, I've got my own personal trauma with with PTSD, and <clears throat> when you have to have exposure therapy or relive or those events or have flashbacks to that, I know how difficult it can be, and I can I can't imagine it on the scale that they that they experienced trauma, and so. That's what was in the back of my mind. I viewed everything and heard everything through the lens of how it might impact my friends, those guys. And um, that made it, that just framed it a little bit differently um, uh, for me. And, and that being in there was just the, the weight of history is kind of yeah. on your shoulders. Yeah. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Representative Eric Swalwell on the line, who we proudly call our alpha liberal from the great state of California. Good morning, Representative Swalwell. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I was just in a judiciary uh, committee hearing. Uh, we call that the land of misfit toys because it's <laughs> including the likes of Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, uh, and others. Uh, so this is a welcome and re- refreshing uh, reprieve. <laughs> Listen, can we tell you that calling you an alpha liberal is the highest compliment? Because on TV, on Twitter, you show Democrats how to fight, yeah. how to take it to these Republicans. Yes. You just you tweeted that. You said, worse, the land of misfit treasonous toys could get more populated if some of these MAGA Republican candidates win. Right. Um, right. And you we just went through the whole bunch of them. That have threatened violence in their in their uh, campaign ads, right? And, and I just sat through a hearing uh, with the assistant attorney general, where the Republicans are protesting that the Department of Justice is looking at people that threaten violence at school board meetings, and you know they they cannot draw the distinction between someone who would show up peacefully and passionately to talk about their kids' curriculum and the over 220 cases that Reuters has recently identified. Uh, of incidents where school board members are being threatened. And look, this is a lot who now is more comfortable with violence than voting. They'd rather see chaos than community. And we can't call them out enough because, uh, look, only one vision for America is going to come out of this midterms. Either it's a vision of community or it's a vision of chaos. And, And we know they have chosen chaos. And, uh, we've got to be loud. We've got to organize and mobilize. Uh, and we can win. Uh, it's a narrow path, but we can win. 
Yeah, and you pointed out, you said, what, one-third of Americans say it's time to take up arms against our government? I know exactly who's inspiring the treason curious, as you call it. And you went down the list, Ronnie Jackson, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Gosar, uh, Lauren Boebert, with these Mm -hmm. ads that are, you know, inspiring violence. And, And it's... This goes all the way up to what we're doing with January 6th, right? You just said, please, MAGA Republicans are not pro-cop, they're pro-coup. Start calling them out. And that's what we have to do is say it like it is, right? We we let them define us uh, as, you know, a defund the police, open border, uh, socialist party. And uh, one, you know, that is not who we are at all. That doesn't reflect Joe Biden's beliefs. It doesn't reflect the majority that Nancy Pelosi leads uh, in the House, and it doesn't reflect, you know, Chuck Schumer's thin majority in the Senate. Uh, but we are often on our heels, and so I think we have to play on their side of the field and, and put them on their heels uh, because uh, they have proven not not just by you know fringe people in their party uh, that they're outside the mainstream, uh, but by the votes that they've taken that the majority of them voted against same-sex marriage. The overwhelming majority of them voted. Uh, for forced pregnancies uh, for women. Majority of them voted against contraception. So that's who they are. And so we have them on the record. This isn't, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene said something and we're projecting it on all of them. No, these are votes that they've cast that put them outside the mainstream of the freedom that we all want for ourselves, our family, and our community. And yeah, let's keep them on their side of the field, not ours. Yep. You um, tweeted, imagine hating America so much you're rooting for higher gas prices just to own the libs. Prices were surging. POTUS uh, and House Democrats attacked the problem while MAGA GOP exploited. Now they're coming down. Um, and you, thank you for pointing out about the media, what we always say. You said, D.C. media will cover the spike, but move on from the story once prices drop. It's a trajectory as old as time. We have different jobs. I'm reminding constituents that House Democrats and Biden attack the issue when relief is coming. Um, and then you followed and up with... That was because, you know, a reporter, a reporter said that, you know, it was premature for me to say that. And, and as I said, in the last four weeks, between 32 cents and 40 cents, it's come down. And it's like, no, well, when when should we point out that we attack the problem and the prices are coming down right. because no reporter is going to follow up on that story. They're just going to move on to the new issue of the day or grievance of the day that Republicans will point out. And and you probably saw the same Fox News uh, handoff that I saw where one anchor was handing off the hour to another and they were bemoaning that these low gas prices may hurt independent gas station <laughs> operators. So they, they've already moved yeah. on that, right. uh, you know, this, that's Joe Biden's fault. He's, and they don't highlight Right. They don't highlight that every Republican voted against the, you know, no gas, you know, price gouging at the pump. And you tweeted gas prices are so low. Ted Cruz canceled his flight and drove to Cancun, <laughs> which is funny. That's funny. And that's the way you that's the way you troll the, <laughs> the Republicans with the truth. Right. Right. I mean, it's um, also we may be on that. Well, I don't want to trust Manchin necessarily in anything, but we might be on the, on the, on the verge of getting really something done right on uh, climate and drug prices, et cetera. Um, you uh, you tweeted yesterday, the Senate passed my bipartisan Homicide Victims Family Rights Act yeah. that will reinvestigate homicide uh, files upon request by a loved one three years after the case goes cold. Next stop is POTUS's desk to be signed into law. You, as a former prosecutor, tell us how, you know about this and why you wanted to get this done. You know, too many families uh, have nearly lost hope that the case involving their lost loved one uh, will be solved. And uh, more cases when it relates to homicides are unsolved than solved. Uh, 
and that, that's hard to believe, right? Uh, but more cases in a homicide investigation are unsolved. And so this would allow, after three years, uh, any cold case, any federal cold case, uh, to essentially be reopened and reexamined by a new investigative team as new tactics, techniques, and you know, science becomes available. And so it's just giving hope uh, to people who are losing hope. And we did it in a bipartisan way. It's, it's pro-victim. Uh, it works with law enforcement uh, to support them and, and their efforts to you know, reinvestigate. And again, it was bipartisan. And, and so it's going to be signed into law uh, in the next couple of days. And we hope the president uh, touts that as, again, uh, Democrats you know, working, uh, you know, to keep people safe in their communities and hold people accountable uh, and devote resources to hold people accountable uh, when a loved one is lost. Um, you won Twitter this week, I have to say. Uh, right-winger tweeted, there are no pronouns in the Constitution, and you said, why is MAGA so bad at this? Yeah. We, we the people. The first word. Okay, yeah. the very so, first thing the first is we word. is a pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I have to ask, I had to save to last the best as you sit on House Judiciary. Um, you know, obviously with the news out of the Justice Department this week and from Merrick Garland, I, I think people are feeling more confident than ever that uh, justice is coming for Trump and for January 6th. Where do you stand on that? They are moving uh, closer and closer you know, to the, the center of the circle. And most investigations, as you know, are kind of outside in or, or bottom up. So they're moving to the center and they're moving to the top. And uh, in, at the center and at the top uh, is Donald Trump. And, you know, we know that uh, before the election, he said that it was going to be fraudulent. So he seeded that idea that the only way he could lose was if it was fraudulent. Afterwards, he spent millions, nearly $100 million, uh, to tell people it was fraudulent and then to convene them in Washington. And while they, when they came to Washington and when he knew that it was going to be violent, he leaned in and aimed uh, an angry mob that he had incited at the Capitol. And once they went to the Capitol armed, and he knew they were armed, and he wanted the metal detectors to come down, despite them being armed, he did nothing for nearly three hours. Uh, and so he's responsible. He's the only one responsible, uh, frankly, because had he been taken out of the situation, had he conceded back in December when the state started to certify, uh, this would not have happened. And so I, I do hope that the Department of Justice sees this evidence uh, and recognizes that most of it was committed in plain sight, that you don't have to dig too deep. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't we, really bury his evidence. Yep. We are out of time, but we are, uh, can I just say, on behalf of the great state of California, so proud of you. Uh, your alpha liberalness. Thanks yes. for thanks for fighting for us every day. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank okay. you, Tim. All right. All right.